0: right now, let's talk about the Fed with Mr. Jim Bianco. He's the president at Bianco Research. Jim, welcome back to the show. This is one of the more innocuous Fed reports. It seems that there's really not much different from Jay Powell's prepared language in the message.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for policy, nothing has changed. It's the same as it's been. If you're looking at the statement and maybe what he said at the beginning of his press conference, he does seem to have a more downbeat, economy-bearish outlook than, <coughs> excuse me, than most people do. And he seems to be saying he's got his finger on the trigger. It's not pulling it now. It's not pulling it next week. But if the economy stumbles, there's going to be more QE. There's going to be more Fed. We're going to come. And we're going to come in a big way. And he reminded everybody that the Fed has got plenty of, of uh, ammo left that they could throw at this market. And he's fully ready to do it if necessary.
0: What would that look like? What language um, specifically, Jim, did you hear today where he said he's got the finger on the trigger?
1: Uh, He basically was in the Q&A, and he said that the Fed's got plenty of ammo left. And if you go and you read the first three paragraphs of the statement, which is a a little bit more of a downbeat assessment from the September one, which was a major change because it was a declarative statement that the Fed sees the pandemic as being a huge problem and that they are ready to act if that huge problem persists with the economy. So you put that together, like I said, they're not moving now, they're not moving next week, but if the economy stumbles from here forward, and yesterday we had over 100,000 cases, the Fed will go, that's your everything rally that you saw. Maybe bonds are backing off a little bit today, but that would be consistent with this everything rally that we've maybe been uh, seeing unfold in the last couple of days. I know I'm getting a little short term here, but if the Fed does come, it's supposed to be that everything goes up.
0: So Jim, what's, what's on the, uh, the docket then? I mean, what's in the toolkit at this point, just upping the amount of bond buying? Because they haven't changed it, uh, but they're still present in the market.
1: Yeah, they could do more of the same. Uh, and no, that's not Einstein's definition of, of insanity. But they could also, the big one that they haven't deployed yet is yield curve control. Hmm. That is price fixing. They could come out and announce the 10-year note, uh, or excuse me, not the 10-year, the five-year note, but we're going to target 25 basis points. The two-year note is going to be 10 basis points. And they will buy and sell securities in unlimited amounts to make sure that they stay at those levels and don't move. That's the other big one that they could do, too. So they could come in in a big way. Now, you could argue with me. Well, how effective is that going to be in creating jobs and stimulating the economy? Uh, and that's a debatable proposition, but those will be very powerful for the markets. They will be they will directly impact the markets and they will come at the markets in a big way. as I mentioned, the everything rally. Gold goes up, bonds go up,
0: stocks go up in that kind of a rally. So Jim, how much go up? <laughs> <laughs> to put it eloquently, for the 10-year yield in particular, I like to always give you credit because you were here in March when a lot of folks were saying we were going negative, not just on real yields, but yet the Fed was going to go negative on rates. That The bond rally was as robust as ever, and you said, no, this is probably more likely to be the top for price, low for yield. That's been the case. We tested it. We got darn close. But over the last two months, we've now made a little bit of a trend to the upside. Does this potential Fed action down the road, if there's no fiscal stimulus, if there's not recovery from COVID, could that be a force big enough to push 10-year yields back down to March, April levels?
1: Well, if, if 10-year yields go down to March or April levels, that means that the, we are in a world of economic hurt and there's gonna be problems all over the place. Uh, and I don't expect that to happen. You're right, I do think the bond bull market ended in March, and I do think that we're we're heading higher because I think that over the longer term, especially when we get past April, May, so the one-year comparisons are past the, uh, the lockdowns, we're going to start to see inflation percolate, and that's going to push bonds up. That's the one fly in the ointment. I've used this analogy. The Fed is a post, and the market is a horse tied to that post. And as long as that horse is docile, it just stands there. It doesn't do anything. And that's kind of what they want out of the bond market. But if the bond market, that horse gets spooked, it'll rip that post out of the ground and it'll go wherever it wants. So if the Fed wants to promise more stimulus, print more money, the vernacular for QE, and the market decides, boy, that's going to lead to inflation, yields will go up and it will force the Fed's hand to change their action. Now, let's see how much of that plays out. But that's the thing that can stop them. Uh, you know, So if you're wondering, well, the Fed's just going to print money and nothing's ever going to stop them from printing money, it is inflation if it does kind of creep back. I suspect it will by the middle of next year anyway, but if the economy stumbles and the Fed starts to really respond to it, it may start percolating it a little bit faster.
0: Jim, what on the uh, trend for bonds can be attributed to, I'm talking two months since August. I think this is one of the more important points I alluded to at the top of the show here, where it seems the narrative that I here is that bond yields are contingent on additional fiscal stimulus. I see that more as a conversation about acceleration of the trend. I mean, we didn't know that a blue wave was a possibility or a likelihood until mid-September bonds bottomed out in yield in August. So it seems like this trend is something more than just stimulus expectations. Am I wrong in that description or is do or is this bond trade to the downside, upside and yield going to get stopped out? If it's not obvious, there's more government action coming.
1: No, I think your your description is exactly right. I think we bottom I think we bottomed in March and then we kind of uh, fell in yields again in August, mm-hmm. and we started back up in yields again. And I don't think a lot of that was about the election or stimulus. You're exactly right. Maybe a little bit of the side, the angle of the slope was about stimulus. But we are in an uptrend in yields. And that, that uptrend got a little bit faster in the last few weeks when we got up to 90 basis points in the 10-year because we thought maybe there'd be a blue wave and there'd be a giant stimulus package. Okay, that didn't happen and bonds fell a lot in yield since Tuesday, they hit 94 basis points intraday. They're now at about 77 basis points. That's a giant move for this environment. But 77 basis points has not violated that uptrend that we've been in since August. And I suspect that after a period of backing and filling, that uptrend is gonna reassert itself and we're gonna be making a move towards 1%. Now that 1% in the grand scheme of things doesn't sound like a lot, but in the face of the Fed buying and in the face of the Fed promising more action, if the economy was to slow, it is significant because it seems like that the private sector is willing to fight, you know, that horse is willing to start pulling at that post, that even though the Fed is supposed to be anchoring the market, it can go wherever it wants to go if it's spooked enough.
0: Okay, uh, Jim, then th- that begs the question, okay, what's the, the catalyst to keep it going or maintain that trend, Which Comes back to that underlying economic data, the COVID situation as well. Um, if those maintain stability, then do you have thoughts on where you know we go? Is there a yield we get to in the ten-year that brings the Fed back by virtue of preventing you know higher yields instead of trying to prevent economic? Collapse, right? Because we started this conversation about the Fed being able to come back in to try and do their part to stabilize the economy. Do they also come back in just by virtue of yields if they move to a certain point?
1: I think they do. I think, you know, if you look at what has been the highest yield, I'm talking about the 10 year note, since the March low, 95 basis points in June, 94 basis points on Tuesday. So if you were to push out to 1% or above, that will get their attention. That will get them thinking about, do we want yields to continue to move higher? I mean, Chairman Powell, at the beginning of the the presser, said the one sector of the economy that has recovered has been housing. And he said why, in his opinion, because interest rates are low. Not because we've changed our preferences and maybe want to buy exurb and suburb houses or something like that. No, the Fed is taking full credit for the housing recovery because interest rates are low and that's the one bright spot of the economy. Rates go up, they're not gonna let them keep going up because that means higher mortgage rates. So you see 1% or a little bit above that on the 10-year note, I think that the Fed, at a minimum, starts making noise that they're gonna come in and maybe actually comes in. You get to one and a quarter, I think they have no choice, but to probably start to try because the market will get very worried that yields won't stop at one and a quarter if we get that high. So let's see if we get over 94, 95 basis points towards 1%. I suspect by the first quarter we might do that. And then we'll have to see what the Fed's reaction is.
0: Okay. Jim, thanks uh, for the thoughts. Always good to check in on the bond market. Really great conversation. Jim Bianco, president at Bianco Research.